Hey guys, Connie Chi here. I am coming out of New York City. I actually own a PR and brand management agency called the Chi Group. We are an award-winning agency, which I'm very proud of. And we work with inspiring talents, personalities, and also brands. So here's the inside scoop. I have three failed businesses in my lifetime. I am very, very proud of them. I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't talk about it. I also have a TEDx talk out there called Lonely AF, Lonely About Failure, How Entrepreneurs Deal With Failure. I also am certified in neurolinguistic programming. I actually have a diamond grading certificate. I also have a event planning certificate. So as you can see, I spend a lot of time trying to build my own brand. Um, not only that, I actually also speak across many stages throughout the United States about marketing, brand partnerships, um, public relations, talent management, and you know, all that good stuff. And on my free time, I actually mentor teen entrepreneurs. So right now I am mentoring some teens out of New York City with Origins Bootcamp. And I also sit on the board of directors for the Garrison Red Project, which is all about disabling the stigma of handicapped individuals in the workforce. Wow. Well, I'm just always like, wow, when I hear your accomplishment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you. Where all this started? Like, you look back, say, how do you start as an entrepreneur? Because you had a job, right? You would come for corporate jobs. Yeah. Okay. I actually have about 18 years of experience in marketing, sales, branding, PR, brand management, talent management. And I actually started in the diamond industry. So my corporate job at the time, I was working for diamond mining wholesale companies. And my responsibility was to travel around the United States with about $6.5 million, give or take, worth of diamonds in my handbag. And my job was to sell it to companies like Van Cleef and Arpels and Tiffany's. And this was pre 9-11. And from there, I had this like moment and I realized something and I said to myself, wait a second, Connie, you're risking your own life with $6.5 million worth of stones that you don't even own. And God forbid something happens to you. The company makes money off of your death from life insurance. So when I realized, I said to myself, wait a second, I need to do something for me. If I'm risking my life, I should do something that can set me up for the future. So I started my first company and I'll be honest with you guys, do not start companies because it's trending. Never do that. I did that three times. And that's why all these three companies failed because at the time life coaching was trending and I was like, I'm going to be a life coach. And what I realized was that I cannot handle listening to people's problems 365 days. My second business, I said, all right, what else do I know how to do? I am in the luxury space. I've been in that space for 18 years. I know all things luxury. So I'm going to start a concierge business. Now, here's the kicker. I know nothing about concierge. I don't know what they do. I started the company, and it never came off the ground. So that was done. My third company, I said to myself, all right, Connie, you went to school for marketing. Why don't you start there? I started a marketing agency specifically for yoga studios. You guys see the problem there? Yoga studios don't have extra income to pay a third party to handle their marketing. So of course, through trial and error, I learned that the hard way. 
So here I am working on the Chi Group. Um, this is my baby. And we are now a PR agency and a talent management agency. And that's basically my highlights as how I became an entrepreneur. Wow, I didn't know all of this. <laughs> Yoga, yeah, there's so, you know, there's, you know, they're more about the love and, the, you know, it's, and they charge pretty good price for the studios, but yeah, I can see that there wouldn't be a lot of money there. Okay, so what makes it worth it for you after three businesses, now in the third business, what makes it worth it to you to be an entrepreneur? Would you ever go back to a job? Okay, first of all, I'm allergic to the word job job that it doesn't i will never go back to corporate i think there's so much freedom in doing what we do as entrepreneurs and the reason why i keep going is because i made a promise to myself and i said to myself i am going to always choose and chase my happiness and where this is coming from is because Many, many years ago, I actually ended up in a horrible relationship that almost cost me my life. And that's when I realized how important it is to always choose your own happiness. And I take that mantra and I also, you know, do it for my businesses. You know, my business is my, my joy because it's something I've dreamt about most of my life. And here I am actually doing it. And I'm not giving that up that easily. It's my love. Who helped you? There, was there anybody that made it to help you in the journey? Oh, who helped me? You know, I wish I could say that someone really pulled out a hand and said, here, I'm going to give you a pull and help you. You know, a lot of what I've learned is basically through trial and error, hand to the stove, burnt, flipping upside down. And, you know, honestly, Google has been my like ultimate guide. Right. And from time to time, when you go and you network and you meet other entrepreneurs, you guys have a dialogue, have a conversation. It inspires ideas. It inspires partnerships and you kind of learn as you go. So there was really no one that said to me, you know what? Hey, I got you. It was a lot of trial and error. And actually a lot of online courses. So I actually spent a lot of money on online courses, trying to learn the different aspects of business, of marketing, of perception, the art of perception. You know, I read a ton of books. Um, you know, I even picked up speed reading because I'm like, I need all this information, right? So all of this had helped me to like continuously build. So that's basically how I built this. It's pretty common. I hear this almost 99% of the time. It's always people are like, no, no, no one helped me. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> but it just shows you like resilience of, you know, people's determination and things like that. Plus I think, uh, and we won't share this part, but I, I think like when there's that pride that, I mean, sometimes people don't help you because you don't want to. There's that pride that you just have to do it on your own. I mean, if you ask for help, you will have a partner or you will have three partners, you know? There's also, I, I think that they, when I asked this question and they said, no one helped me, I think they done is like they didn't want to because I'm that way. <laughs> That's the connection I see. Or yeah, that's a thing to yourself. Yeah. 
It's interesting. Okay, now who has inspired you? Like when you look for motivation and just something to just empower you, it could be any celebrity, anything, but when you need that pick me up to keep going, where or who do you turn to? You know, that's such a great question. And, you know, I think it depends on the season of life or challenges I'm dealing with. You know, of course, I have the usual, like everyone else, Richard Branson and Damon John and Tony Robbins and like Marie Forleo, you know, all of those. But if we kind of take it down to a personal level, at this point, being an entrepreneur, you realize that you don't have friends. And you realize there's only maybe like, three people in the world you can really count on. And for me, one of them is my dog, right? So if you guys have watched my TEDx talk, my poor dog has watched me cry through a lot of challenges. He's licked my face, right? So that's one person I can count on. Um, of course, you know, family is always there. And, you know, I have a very dear friend of mine. His name is Sergio Delavici, who happens to also be in the movie John Wick 3. So he's been really supportive with a lot of the, you know, mental aspect, the emotional aspect of things that have been going through my life and on this journey of entrepreneurship. So I'm fortunate to have at least three people. But, um, you know, there are moments and, you know, me and a friend of mine who's also publicist, we joke about this. We're like, you know, sometimes we feel like we need to just call a prayer hotline because it's so hard to find people to understand what we're doing and understand what we go through emotionally and mentally as entrepreneurs. Yeah, you find the answers, just a little bit of answer just to help you keep going, right? So it's whatever you can get that feed. Okay, so then the third business, you finally got it right because you decided to create something that you knew best and you had the experience. What went right when you started that you actually are here today? I think what went right for me was this one thing. I stopped analyzing. Because when we spend time as entrepreneurs, we go through this whole thing of analysis paralysis where we want it to be perfect. We want to make sure it's the perfect color. It's the perfect this. It's the perfect that. And you never make a move. And what I learned was that, and I thought this was really wise words because someone said to me, they're like, Connie, your C plus work is someone else's A plus work. And that's when I realized, I said, wait a second. The more I sit here and I analyze, I'm not doing a service to the world. I'm actually being selfish by sitting here and analyzing. So instead of doing that, why don't I just be courageous and take one step out and try to help somebody, try to inspire the world, try to change, you know, change humanity, something in order to be like, well, I've done it. I like that. Um, Okay, so my next question is, uh, what was your big break? Because you have a lot of accomplishments, right? So I don't even know which one was first, I, just your company, but what was your big break that led you to now, I guess your big break and what led to the next thing and to the next things? Because you then become a producer and then a public speaker and then TED speaker. So can you share with us the order of your accomplishments? <laughs> Your big break and then the order. <laughs> yeah, so I have a lot under my belt, right? And my big break, actually, it's a funny story. When I started this current agency, it wasn't what it was today. It was completely something different. And my mom was the person who helped me get my first break. And the reason why I say that was because at the time, mom was my biz dev person. 
you know, I needed a client and I needed at least the first client to prove to myself that, okay, I have a viable business. So one day my mom opened up a newspaper. She's very old school. And in our neighborhood, there was this Asian supermarket that was coming in. And she says to me, hey, listen, they might need your services because you're familiar with how this works. So through a little bit of research and I ended up contacting the marketing VP of that company. And two, three months later, I signed the contract and I got a renewal, right? So that was, I would say my big break. Now, as far as my accomplishments go, you know, it's hard for me to even keep track of it, but I probably will say that the first thing was being a keynote speaker that came first. And when I was invited to speak, my first speaking session was at the Javits Center here in New York City. It's this huge, huge place where all the major events come to. And the funny story was that I got on that stage in front of 200 people. That was my first talk. And what happened? 40% of my slides never came up. So I was flying blind. That's how I got broken into the speaking circuit. And from there, you gain this confidence of being on a stage, speaking in front of a camera. And somebody was so gracious enough to recommend me to have a TEDx talk. And that's how I landed my TEDx talk. You know, and in between all of these things happening, I was still building my brand. I was still building my business. And, you know, I really can't say there was one big break. I think everything I do is a big break. And that's just how I see it. I love that because there's every, you got to seize the opportunity. No matter if one small thing can lead to something big, uh, you really cannot evaluate which one is worth it. That's pretty important. Okay. What has been the riskiest move you've done for your success? That's such a really good question. What is the riskiest thing that I've done? Yeah. For my success. Okay. Yeah. Matter of fact, the riskiest thing that I think any of us entrepreneur can do is saying yes to opportunities when you don't know how to accomplish them. And there's plenty of times that I've said yes and had to figure out how I can produce those results. And I think that's probably the biggest risk because we as humans, we always want this like sure shot way. Give me a blueprint, show me the data, right? Give me a step-by-step. -step. Now, right now in these types of situations for entrepreneurs, you don't have any of that. You're basically out there touching, feeling, trying to figure out as you go along. And you know, since we're talking about risks, I will tell you this, risk is everything. It is everything in life. It was because I took a risk that I actually met and got to talk to Richard Branson. You know, Richard Branson came into New York. I highly, highly respect and admire his work as an entrepreneur, as a humanitarian, as an all around human being. And I said to myself, I'm going to talk to Richard Branson. I don't care if it's 10 minutes. I don't care if it's five minutes. I'm talking to the man. So when it came Q&A time, I chickened out. I never got up. But I took a risk and I waited for him to exit from the back of the stage. And when he came out, I was determined to ask him a question. And in my head, 
I thought to myself, I'm going to ask him a brilliant marketing question. He's going to have to answer me. But what came out of my mouth was, Richard, will you mentor me? So, you know, with that situation, you take a risk. And the risk ended up being that as Richard was getting into his car, I took my company's business card and I threw it into his lap. So I know the man got my business card and I still tell this story today because you have to risk it all for just a possible opportunity. And that's what life is about. That's what chasing your happiness is about, is taking that risk. Okay, that's my next question. Did he reply? Did he answer? <laughs> okay, so here's the brutal truth. That happened to me about maybe four years ago, I'm still waiting for Richard to reply to me. But I will tell you this, on the back end of my website, shortly after I threw my business card to him, somebody from the United Kingdom did visit the website. So I don't know if it's Richard, but till this day, I'm going to go with it was Richard. You never know. You should give it a second chance and send him a message. And by the way, I threw you a card. I mean, he probably has so many anecdotes, right? But, you know, it's like we should not give up. He's such an amazing man. <laughs> really is. And like, I had a chance because I took a risk. I also had a chance to meet Damon John. And I sat down with him for 15 minutes. And he shared some like brilliant wisdoms when it comes to entrepreneurship and just to sit there and just be quiet and listen to how his mind actually was thinking, I was just completely like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm sitting next to this man who's just brilliant. So, you know, I'm telling you guys, entrepreneurs out there, don't be afraid to take a risk. I'm telling you, it's so worth it. I love it. I, you, you're one of mine. <laughs> From what you're sharing, you're one of mine. Um, okay, so what do you think are like the most costly mistakes startups or entrepreneurs make? You know, there's, there's this set of you, like a pattern that we all learn our lessons the hard way. And some of those mistakes can pretty much set us back or, or delay our success. Which ones do you think are the most common that you can think of? Okay. This is a great question. When it comes to common mistakes, I'm going to share with you mine. First and foremost, do not be afraid to risk. That is number one, above all, take a risk. The second thing is this. I think as entrepreneurs and we're building our businesses, you know, we go through this situation where we're like, we have bills to pay. We have mortgage. We got to put food on the table and this and this and this and this. And we end up taking on clients that give us more anxiety, that create more problems, and it just really breaks down our peace just for, what, a monthly payment, a retainer, right? And the biggest mistake is taking on clients who you don't believe in, taking on clients who don't move you, who don't inspire you. You're not passionate about what they're talking about. That's the number one mistake that you can also make because if you're not passionate about this client, you're not going to want to work with them. You're not going to want to pitch them. You're not going to want to do projects with them. The other thing is this, don't ever, and I made this mistake so much when I was starting my business, do not take on free clients. Your time is very valuable. Now, if you're giving back as a volunteer, that's completely different. But when it comes to putting your hard work and your energy and your time and your wisdom into a client, never, 
ever say yes to zero. Because when you start off for a free client, it's really hard to then tell that client that your monthly retainer is, let's say, 5000 10000 30000 Off the bat, charge high. No matter what, charge high. And I do this still to this day. I charge high with a lot of the clients because I know my worth. I know what I can bring to the table. I know what I can do as a publicist. I know what my agency is capable of. And not only that, clients are hiring you for your expertise, for your wisdom, for your knowledge. So I would say also continue to build your own brand, continue to get certified and licenses and read and take courses. That doesn't stop. This was really good that you share this because most people think that you have to be giving, giving things, giving your work away. But I agree, it gets really hard to break it from there. So I'm glad you said this. Uh, it goes along with successfully because, you know, it's about the value of the success of people. We should not give it away. So thank you. Okay, next question. You talk about the lonely entrepreneurs. So I feel that most entrepreneurs, and I can relate to this, we kind of get addicted to our solitude. We complain it's a lonely world, but I think we're very, very selective of who we spend time. Like, oh, they're not worth our time. You know, so there's a little bit of attitude, I think. <laughs> but can you share more about what is understanding the silent mental challenges entrepreneurs face? I took this from your website. <laughs> you know, as entrepreneurs, we spend so much time just trying to figure things out, coming up with solutions, and our minds operate really, really uniquely. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand why we're crazy enough to chase a dream that to many might seem impossible. And, you know, along this journey, it's very, very lonely. Your family doesn't get it. My family didn't understand it. My family told me that I was going to fail and that I should just stick to corporate. Your friends, you're going to lose a lot of friends who you thought were friends, but you come to realize that they were just simply dinner buddies, right? And then as you get deeper into entrepreneurship, as you keep growing, your friends list get even smaller. And what ends up happening is you're constantly sitting with yourself in your own head with your own thoughts. And I promise you guys this, I'm going to be very honest here. I cry. As an entrepreneur, I cry. And I'm proud of it because that's the only way that I can figure out how to get through it, right? And I talk about this with my TEDx talk as well. And, you know, we have to come up with ways to self-soothe, especially when you're an entrepreneur, no matter if you're a man or a woman, because it's really tough for people to understand what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing. And it seems like you can't turn to anybody because people have their own lives and their own challenges and their own burdens to really go through, you know? So the whole loneliness aspect of it is very real. And um, talk about on top of being an entrepreneur and being lonely, the dating life, you know, you don't have a dating life because you're so obsessed with finding solutions or helping to change humanity or change the world in some way or helping your clients that like next thing you know, you're, you're asking yourself, wait a second, when did I become single? You know, there's moments that you forget to eat, you forget to drink. And I, it happens to me all the time to the point where I'm using apps and I'm scheduling drink water 
So, you know, this whole loneliness thing, it's a very real thing. You know, entrepreneurs, this is why we go through depression and this is why we go through a lot of mental challenges. It's, it happens to a lot of us. And, you know, there's moments that I ask myself if I'm doing this right, should I even do this? You know, honestly, there's moments where I get on the phone and I call a friend and I say to her and I'm like, listen, I want to disappear. Like I want to be on an island. I want to disappear. You know, it's all that stress that keeps building up. So you need to figure out what works for you. For me, it's crying and literally belting out songs on the top of my lungs, um, you know, to help me really get through it. So I suggest maybe trying those. Thank you for showing that human side, right? Because we had to let that stress out. You know, we, not because we're driven or we have ambition, but that doesn't mean that we don't feel, we don't have feelings or needs, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's we face that every day. Okay, talk to us about branding. Why do you love branding? So, you know, I think branding, what attracts me to branding is that it's so much more in depth because it touches onto the human psychology. And the reason why I find human psychology really, really fascinating is because obviously I'm certified in neurolinguistic programming, but I feel like the fascination behind that is you can really get to understand human behavior. And human behavior to me is so interesting because everyone's human behavior is obviously different based on their experiences, what they've been through in life. So the question becomes, how do you take these experiences, translate them into a brand and create an emotion from it? And that to me is the very interesting part when it comes to branding and knowing how to brand yourself, your business, because essentially you're creating emotions. Okay, cool. All right. So how would you like to change the world for the better. Oh, Lizette, how I want to change the world for the better. <laughs> sorry. No, no sorries. Okay, so how would I like to change the world for the better? Well, work with your mission, you know, your role as an entrepreneur, how would you want to change it? We all have this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And, you know, for me, it's a really big list because I feel a lot, right? That's my... I guess superpower, if you want to call it. I'm an introvert who feels a lot. So, you know, first thing is I want to be able to inspire our future generation to be entrepreneurs. I know parents out there listening to this might not agree with me, but I just feel like our future generation is the hope to changing humanity. It might not happen in my lifetime, but there's a chance for theirs. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, you're going to laugh at me, Lizette. But the second thing is, I wish I could change the fact of heartbreaks, where nobody would ever have a heartbreak. I just feel like heartbreaks are so tough, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, because when you fail at a business, it's so detrimental. It hits your ego, it hits your self-worth, it hits your emotional well-being, like the whole thing. And if we can eradicate heartbreaks, I think the world might be just a little bit better. That's a good one. Yeah, the heartbreaks, they pretty much set us back, like backwards so much, like years. It paralyzes us. It just makes us like tired and just like, oh, sorry, lover. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, the last, I got two more. How do you want people to know you? 
Oh, how do I want people to know me? You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to be known for awards or accolades. I want to be known for the person that changed somebody's life, that changed a lot of people's lives. And I think that that is more impactful as a person. Forget about, you know, the awards and the money and the TEDx talk and all of that. That comes and goes. But when you change someone's life and you better their life for the sheer purpose of just helping somebody with nothing in return, with no money in return, with no, you know, contract, nothing, that speaks so much more volumes and it allows you to live a full life because we can buy awards, we can buy certifications. That's an easy fix, but we can't buy the ability to change someone's life genuinely. And that is how I want to be known as. I love it. Yeah, that's exactly, that's, that's your purpose, right? You create, I think that goes more the long way, you know, you create an impact on someone, that person is going to motivate it to create impact on someone else. And that's how the chain goes. Yeah. Like play. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it's really interesting. I'll give you an example. So there was a client that came to us and he wanted to do a lot of giving back to his community. And I said to him, I said, listen, this is the only way that I'm going to work with you. First of all, my retainer is X per month. Second of all, I'm willing to do a website for you free of charge. And the reason why is because I believe in your purpose. I believe in what you're doing. And I said to him, but one of the things that you need to agree to is that if I do this and we work together and we sign a contract, you need to pay it forward to the next person the way I did for you or else we can't work together. That is one of the stipulations actually that I've built into our contract because if we are inspirational people and we want to work with inspirational people, we have to lead by example. Yeah, we have to help others get better. So we got to give back so they can, they need help. Yeah, that's good. Did you know if he did it? Um, I think he did, but he just didn't tell me the whole story. Right. And I don't ask because I feel like if you're Giving, it has to yeah. come from here. Yeah. You know, you're not giving for like something in return. Yeah. That's not giving. Okay. The last question, um, basically what do you want to share? What are the, what's, what are the big next goals for Connie? What's next for Connie? You know, next goals, of course, it's to take over the world. I mean, you know, no, but all joking aside, um, there's so many things that I want to do. You know, I want to obviously go global, right? With my agency. I want to be able to help more inspiring people who can help make a difference in the world. I want to build schools, right? I want to buy my own island, right? So the funny thing is, you know, a lot of people, they shop and, you know, we women, we buy shoes, right? I don't buy shoes. I don't shop for shoes. I have spent the last maybe six years or so shopping for an island. So that's my like obsession, right? Um, you know, it's all about giving back. I want to be able to inspire our youth. I really do. You know, 
And this is why I'm all about mentoring these teen entrepreneurs, showing them how to think outside the box and showing them that it's okay to get crazy with your ideas. Let's try to execute it because I'm right here behind you. We're going to do this together. And I think it gives them this freedom to really feel safe that like they want something from here to in real world, there's somebody that's holding their hands because nobody held our hands as entrepreneurs. So, you know, that's some of the things I want to do. Um, travel the world obviously is, I think it's a good one, right? Travel the world is always on that list. Um, but the most important thing is I want to be able to impact lives on a very positive level and, you know, just really change lives and hopefully inspire others to do the same. I think you already have. I mean, just by me listening to these messages, there's already a lot that you are igniting that inspiration. So I'm sure you've done this for a lot of people, but it's exciting to see what you're gonna do next. Um, I just wanna open up the space. You wanna share anything before we close? Well, there's tons that are going on. Um, what to share? Well, I am working on my second book, which is really exciting. It is talking about overachievers. So it's a little bit of a spinoff of my TEDx talk. And we talk about overachievers, what I've learned, lessons I've came away with, the secrets I've learned. And I'm hoping to come up with more books. I don't know where I'm going to find the time, but you know, that's what I'm working on. And I also want to be able to teach more, right? I want to be able to teach people how to do PR maybe, or how to create the art of perception, how to, you know, build a business. So there's all these different things that I want to be able to do. And they're all in the works, which is really, really exciting.